This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And welcome to a Wednesday edition of Golf Talk Canada. It is Zacchino and Scully with you again. Weeksy off this week. Weeksy making his way back from Cabot St. Lucia trip. Can't wait to hear what that's all about. But we got lots to get to today. We have a winner on the PGA Tour. It was a Monday finish. Justin Rose, we'll get into that. We'll do a lot of TSN Edge fantasy betting look at the WM Phoenix Open because the last time we had a field this good at a non-major, non-players, non-WGC, you've got to go back over a decade plus to find a field this stacked with stars, top players in the official world golf ranking, yada, yada, yada. Tons to get to. Scully, good morning, my friend. You're in the studio. Look at you, shirt and tie. What's going on? You're looking so professional this morning. Good morning. Thank you. Yes, you know what? Uh, I, I'm here to shoot a brief little TV segment with Bob, actually, in uh, about an hour, an hour and a half or so as he makes his way back from uh, Cabot St. Lucia doing our speed golf. And then we're also debuting a new segment going on the web as well, uh, a TSN Edge related segment too, which uh, I'm going to learn much more about uh, as we get going here. But good to be here in studio. Good to see Carlo and AK as well. Hadn't seen them in a little bit. Carlo's actually off to for a golf trip of his own. Where's he off to? You know? Somewhere in Florida. He's playing four consecutive days, and AK didn't think he was going to make it four consecutive days golfing. So anyway, <laughs> good to be here. Also good to see Chris in person. Good to see Steph and, and the crew here at TSN 1050. So it's uh, good to be in the building every once in a while. Yeah, I don't think I'll be in that building until we get to Masters Week, wow. uh, the way my schedule's looking. So, uh, you know, but I look forward to seeing everybody in person. Did you see some of Bob's images from Cabot St. Lucia? Wow. I know, I know it's still growing in. There there was a delay. We'll get it. Well, you'll get an update from Bob on Monday. Yeah, because it'll be you and Bob in these chairs on Monday, yes. and I'm sure you'll get an update. But I, I want to hear what's going on. But the images look pretty, pretty amazing. It's a pretty special property, piece of land. You know, as Jim Taddy would say, they're not making any more oceanfront. <laughs> Taddy used to say. To me. Well, and and nowadays, I mean, we think of Cabot and we think of prestige. We think of excellence. We think we think of Lynx Golf, and and this just. When I saw some of the photos that Bob posted, I, I just thought brilliance. I thought, oh, my God, is that real? So I, I can't wait to get down there at some point. Maybe we'll have to get the GTC private jet going and uh, and get our, get our make our way down there. Yeah, we really haven't taken advantage no. of the jet and the copter much this year. You know, <laughs> this uh, we really, really need to dust that off and get it going. Okay, well, we, got, we have a ton to get to, as, as I mentioned. You had a chance to catch up with Will Bateman, mm-hmm. who's had – Quite a change in life, really. You know, it took him, it's, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes I think of professional golfers like like bands, like rock bands, mm. right? In a sense that, you know, they're, you know, I, I remember an interview with uh, the Black Crows in the 90s. And it was like, you've got your entire life to make your first album. Because no one knows who you are, and you don't have a hit, and then all of a sudden, you're an overnight success with one top ten. But that overnight success is really 15 years, uh, 20 years of, of, 
of grinding it out. And then all of a sudden, everybody wants to know when's the next hit coming. So you have your entire life to make one album and then you've got 24 months to make your next success. Well, Will Bateman, uh, who you had an opportunity to catch up with, which will run the interview in hour two today. It, you know, you, you, you're a struggling golf professional for forever and a day for most guys. You know, not everybody's an overnight success. And, and some of these guys find success immediately out of college, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that's not the norm. Many of these players are grinding out on mini tours, grinding out PGA Tour Canada. Will Bateman finally gets it done on PGA Tour Canada last year and now is finding immediate success on the Corn Ferry Tour. So I'm looking forward to that interview. And did that come across to you, Adam, that, that, like his journey? Was he kind of like, wow, uh, lots happened in the last 12 months. Yeah, and, you know, it was great to spend a lot of time with him and, you know, getting to know him a little more and talk about life not only on the golf course but off the golf course as a professional golfer. I mean, we see these guys on the PGA Tour going private jet to private jet, staying in extravagant hotels, homes, etc. It's not that way for every player. So we talked a lot about you know, his success both on and now growing off the golf course, learning so many things on and off the golf course. I'll read you one stat before we yeah. move on here on Will Bateman. From twenty six from two thousand sixteen to two thousand twenty one, he had one top ten in thirty two PGA Tour Canada starts. Last season goes on, wins twice, PGA Tour Canada Player of the Year, Fortinet Cup champion, now on the Corn Ferry Tour, two T four finishes in his first three starts. The future is bright for Will Bateman. And there you go. And that's pr- pr- proof in the pudding there. Uh, you know, that seven, eight year window where he's got one top 10 and then bang, seems to happen. And now you got to keep it going. Yeah. You know, when's the next hit coming? When's the next record coming? Well, he's doing that on the Corn Ferry Tour, but the, ne- the you know, the goal is uh, to grab one of those spots on the PGA Tour. We're going to talk a lot of WM Phoenix Open. We'll get to our Twitter poll question. We asked you, is it time to roll the ball back? Is it time for bifurcation in the world of golf? We'll get to that. But first, let's hit some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. So good to see Justin Rose, a winner again on the PGA Tour. It's been since 2019. Not only did he hold on to the victory, he played really brilliant golf coming home and really grabbed a hold of that golf tournament, never allowing anybody else to really have an opportunity to win. Uh, He's been working hard, multiple equipment changes, a blended bag this week. Uh, I think some really smart changes, uh, both physically with golf swing moves, but also equipment moves. He says, listen, I got to make the game easier on myself. And very open, uh, Adam, this week, too. Uh, multiple quotes, multiple um, interviews given as to why he said no to live. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm 42 years old. And my goal is to play major championship golf and win majors. That was also always my dream as a kid. Number two, uh, to make it back to the, the Ryder Cup team. And I think one day aspirations to captain a Ryder Cup team. And number three, to win championships that mean something. And even though that wasn't the greatest field, I think we can all be very honest and that Pebble Beach field was pretty weak. That tournament has history. It has lineage. If you look at the names on the trophies that go back to the Bing Crosby clan bake, you know, there are big legendary names on that trophy. That means something to Justin Rose. At this point in his life, he's playing the game for a different reason. He doesn't want to be a niblick, Adam. 
he doesn't want to be a Niblick or a Range Goat or whatever some of those names are, which we'll get to shortly. But yeah, for Justin Rose, it was great to see, you know, on Monday, that was a fun show for us too, because we got to preview the final nine holes of a tournament, which we generally don't do given the, the, when the PGA Tour does play. But for Rosie to go out, made a couple long birdies, one of 15 feet, one of 25 feet in his final eight holes. He played some great golf down the stretch, disciplined golf down the stretch. We mentioned as well on Monday that putter grip change going from that saw to more of a conventional grip or almost his thumbs facing each other. He's playing a lot of great golf. Now you mentioned the Ryder Cup. He has to be so motivated to make that squad for sure, given all the guys who have now gone over to live. So a good win for Justin Rose, one of the good guys for sure. Yeah, definitely one of the good guys. I worked with him last year at a Morgan Stanley event at the Players' Championship, and I just got word actually yesterday that I'll be working with him again this year at the Players' Championship at a Morgan Stanley event. So it'll be good to connect with him and find out what's going on in the head. And not a surprise to me, Scully, that the conventional grip or more of a conventional grip worked at Pebble Beach. Some of the slowest green speeds we've seen all year, not just because we're at Pebble, but also because they were unable to get the mowers and the rollers due to conditioning. It was so wet. So those green speeds were running low. So the conventional trip, similar to what we saw with Morikawa at an open championship uh, when he went to a conventional grip, slower green speeds, some of those tentative pencil grips. It'll be curious and interesting to see as we get closer to Augusta and the greens start rolling at crazy speeds if Justin Rose stays conventional, goes back to pencil, or uses a blend which we've seen from Morikawa. Now, speaking of live golf, <laughs> the team names were introduced, and we got, you know, the Four Aces Golf Club. And according to Bubba Watson, everybody knows the Four Aces. I mean, that's Obviously. why he joined. Yeah. I mean, they just win everything. There's the cliques, the crusher. I just can't get – listen, I don't want to get into the whole thing again, and then, you know, we'll, people will hit us up on Twitter that, you know, uh, I got to get off my horse, yada, yada, yada. Listen, you the marketing of this is horrible. I'm just, just I'm looking at this from a straight marketing standpoint. I, I who who's going to care about the high flyers, the cliques, and the crushers? I mean, I just don't get I don't get where they're going with this. But the the biggest one, Adam, was, and I believe we have the audio on this. So before mm-hmm. you and I get into it, the latest is the range goats. Now the range goats used to go as the niblicks, but Bubba Watson is the new captain of the range goats he took a beating on social media and let's run the audio now here's bubba watson this is why he took a beating on social media hey guys bubba watson here why range goats easy i got to go to the range and practice for my team goat golfers on a team you're welcome now okay okay adam like how just when you think it can't get worse with some of the, the like the team concept, I mean, this is almost embarrassing. I think it's past embarrassing, personally. I mean, when you, you watch that video, he's very convincing when he's saying that. Like, it, it just doesn't seem like real life. I mean, and, and many people think GOATs now. I mean, given what LeBron James did last night as the NBA's now all-time leading scorer, you think GOAT, you think greatest of all time. Not golfers on a team I, I mean come on Bubba this is just this is beyond sad now yeah and listen I, and I, I don't mean to poke on Bubba you've heard my Bubba rants in oh, the past yes. we know Bubba uh, has dealt with issues off the golf course so you know good on him for addressing those and uh, and talking about them uh, so there's a lot of you know positives to see Bubba Watson in a good place okay like so no one's 
No one's commenting on that. But when you were launch, you're launching a new sports league that in the hearings this week, it came out, they made zero revenue in 2022 <laughs> and they spent close to $2 billion or they're about to spend close to $2 billion this year and over a billion last year. So you are, you are literally bleeding billions of dollars trying to launch a rival sports brand, which Greg Norman has said wants to be the biggest golf league in the world. They, they don't, they, there's no interest in working alongside or away from in the fall, in the winter, like Keith Pelly tried to negotiate with them, get, you know, operate after the FedEx Cup, op, we'll move out of the way, DP World Tour will go away for the chase of the buy, we'll work with you, take the fall. They didn't want anything to do with that. I mean, you only get one chance to make a first impression, Adam. I can't find anybody who, I, I'd be shocked if anybody listening to this show that truly cares about golf, that truly takes the game, the history, the championships, the, 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 the game seriously, that cares about the Masters and can't wait for the Players' Championship in a few weeks. How can anybody be excited about the Range Goats and the Aces? I agree. I agree. And, you know, you think of some of the guys who did go to live and, and you know, as fans of the PGA Tour, as player, as guys who cover the PGA Tour, it's, it's just it's sad that we're, we don't see as much of Dustin Johnson or Cameron Smith or, you know, characters like Brooks Kepka, like Bryson DeChambeau. Like him or hate him, like Patrick Reed because he creates controversy. These people are are interesting. It's too bad these guys aren't on the PGA Tour. But you know, like you mentioned, there's there's no history right now with the team championship uh, going down the stretch on, on the Live Series. But it's uh, like we've said so many times in the show, it's a moving target, and things will continue to change. The fact they had zero revenue is really not surprising. All right, I want you to bring this up to Bob, if you can remember on Monday, because I want your opinion and I want to get Bob's opinion. And I brought this up to Nick, uh, our buddy Nick Orbitz from TaylorMade when we were in um, in Carlsbad. And I'm and listen, I, I personally have a problem with where the money comes from for live, but I also personally have a problem. I've been very transparent on this. I'm this guy everywhere. I don't think we should be buying our oil from that part of the world. I don't like the business we do with China. I'm not trying to make this a political thing, but that falls in line with kind of how I feel politically with everything. But I'm not trying to make that choice for other people, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's take that off the table and just look at this from a product standpoint, a quality of product, which we're talking about now with these team names. And they always go back to Formula One. We want to make it a Formula One type of team concept, da-da-da-da-da. The range goats and the aces, that's got, they are so far off here. Here's my question to you, Adam, and I brought this up to Nick. Assuming you're going to take country off the table, okay, we're going to have it like an American team, an Australian team, because obviously geography in team sports works. That's why people care about Ryder Cup. It's why people care about, you know, Olympics and things like that. Why can't, why Canadians get so uh, patriotic when we're playing for a gold medal in hockey, right? Okay, so that's certainly part of it. But in Formula One, it's the car. It's Ferrari against Mercedes. Ford just announced that they're coming back after many, many, many years into Formula One. So there's pride and allegiance to the brand of the engine, to the expertise, to the technology and the team that goes in behind building the car, testing the car, the pit crew, yada, yada. If I take that concept and I apply it to golf, to me, it's team tailor-made. Team Callaway, Team Titleist, uh, Team PXG, 
I think they're missing a huge opportunity here in a team concept. If I'm making the calls, if I was vice president of marketing for Live Golf, I would be putting Australian players under one team, under a brand, or, or, or separating the brands, really. Forget the nationalities. I'd be like, okay, who are Callaway staff members here? You're a team. Who are TaylorMade staff members? You're a team. And... I mean, now you might get engagement because as you got, as you well know, we have an allegiance to our brand. Mm -hmm. Our friends at TaylorMade, we think we play for the best team. We think we're ambassadors for the best product on the planet. You and I truly believe that. I mean, there's allegiance there. And we have listeners and viewers who feel the same. We have listeners and viewers that have allegiance to other teams. Do you think they're missing a boat there, an opportunity? I, I mean, when you explain it that way, absolutely. And you think of, you know, last year when some of the Australian guys went over, you know, your Cameron Smiths, your Mark Leishman sort of thing, they were playing together. But it was only one team. And, I, you know, I know there were rumors about Hideki Matsuyama last year and, and how big that would be uh, in his home market, that sort of thing. But you get these club manufacturers together to play I've never thought of it that way. I mean, it, it makes way more sense of, of people caring, right? Uh, of people trying to find a reason to, instead of seeing these incredibly goofy names that, you know, someone's intern created, instead, you know, to, to, to try to find someone who you actually have passion for in terms of a, a company, that sort of thing. So uh, that's something that, I mean, if they're listening to the show, maybe they should implement here going forward, but I don't really see that happening. You also force the manufacturer in a way to engage with the with the brand of Live and get them to invest in the product because now we're like, hey, guys, you have a team here, mm -hmm. you know? So we'll mm -hmm. see. We'll see. Uh, you know, maybe we'll throw that out on social media. I think that's an interesting topic. I think yep. that one, because uh, to put a bow on this, because we got to get moving here, we're running late again. Um, to put a bow on this, this Range Goats, Bubba Watson, they took a beating yesterday oh, on yeah. social media. An absolute beating on this. So maybe it's uh, maybe that's next week's poll question. Mm -hmm. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll throw that around off mic. On the other side, we're switch gears. WM Phoenix Open. We're going to hear from John Rahm. We're going to hear from Patrick Cantley. It's the biggest party on the PGA Tour this week in Phoenix. It happens to be Super Bowl weekend in Phoenix as well. We'll get Adam's Super Bowl pick at the end of Ooh. today's show. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf. Offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit jpsmgolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is Zucchino. It is Scully. It is the biggest party on the PGA Tour, but this year taking a whole new level. The WM Phoenix Open is happening Super Bowl weekend with the Super Bowl in Phoenix. This year, an elevated designated field event, which means the purse is through the roof and the best players in the world are there. Adam, this is the best quality field in terms of previous year's FedEx Cup, official world golf ranking that we have seen outside of a major a players or world golf championship event in over a decade on the PGA Tour. 
pretty spectacular. You know, you think of 18 of the top 20 in the official world golf ranking. It's and you know, say what you will say about the official world golf ranking, but that that is the ranking as we speak right now. It is what it is. So uh, can't wait for this to get going. Looking forward to seeing. You know, obviously the 16th hole is what it is in terms of shenanigans, in terms of wildness. We saw Sam Ryder with the hole-in-one last year. We saw Harry Higgs go tarps off after making a birdie last year, which was something on that hole. And But but you know what? Like I love the closing stretch of that golf course through the 17th hole, a drivable par 4 with a very long, challenging green. And then the 18th hole, which is a very demanding tee shot. It's going to be a great week. Now, the betting favorite uh, in terms of FanDuel is plus 700, John Rahm, 7-1, uh, Rory McIlroy, plus 800, 8-1. I don't think anyone's going to argue at, at any point that the, those are clearly not the best two players in the world right now. We're going to do TSN edge picks later on in the show. And on the other side, we're going to do a little over par, under par with some of the big names in the world. Let's not touch those because I think... Those are almost no-brainers. You can't argue against them. You might not pick them. Mm -hmm. They're hard to argue against them. Rom went to school in Arizona, very comfortable with Desert Golf, and has been on property since Sunday, Monday this week, getting ready for this tournament. He likes the golf course. Let's hear from the favorite, John Rom. Being in Arizona State, I'm plenty familiar with um, uh, Desert Golf, so uh, it's just a place that I'm comfortable on. Right. Um, it's also a, a course that, a, at first glance, it might seem easier than what the scoring usually is. Um, with the scoring conditions getting uh, as hard as they get on the weekend, with the firm greens and fast ball striking, obviously, is a premium. Right. So I think that's always given me a chance to stay up there. Um, haven't really had a chance to win coming down the stretch. My best showing was when I was an amateur, and even then, I had a great back nine to put myself in fifth place. So. I'm, I'm hoping come the weekend, you know, I've, I've done a good enough job to to go to that back nine and knowing that I have a chance to win it. John Ron with some interesting comments there. He's comfortable with the golf course, comfortable with desert golf, and he brought something into that conversation about ball striking with the firm, fast conditions, especially when you get to the weekend. I stumbled across a very interesting stat in which we will get to in our TSN edge picks Mm -hmm. in the second hour and something that might surprise our listening audience, especially when discussing desert golf. Now, Patrick Cantley, also one of the favorites. He's at plus 2,100, 21 to 1. Adam, over par, under par right now on Patrick Cantley. Played well at the American Express. We have not seen a lot of Patrick Cantley, but hasn't not performed but also hasn't threatened to win. It's kind of a weird one with Cantley because he's not headed really one way or the other. Yeah, I'll go under par too. And you mentioned his odds there. I I think him at 21 to one is some pretty good value given he lost in a playoff here last year as well to Scotty Scheffler. And you mentioned his, his finish at the American express. Yes. He hasn't played that much golf. Yes. He's going through some equipment changes as well, but I I wouldn't be surprised to see Patrick Cantley in one of the final few groups come Sunday afternoon. Also a guy that has proven he can play well not playing a lot. Yeah. He can come off layoffs. He doesn't need to be playing a ton. We'll be interested to see Patrick Cantley. Cantley spoke to the media about the party and the atmosphere that is the WM Phoenix Open. Let's hear from Patrick Cantley. 
this week's a party <laughs> for everyone except us and we're at work, um, which is great. Um, it'd be weird if every event was like this, but it's great that we have events like this and there's so many people in the area that come out and support the event and uh, have a good time and watch a, just a little golf. I feel good. Uh, nice to come to a place that I've played well at before mm -hmm. and uh, looking forward to Riv next week to close out the West Coast Swing. Um, I always enjoy the West Coast and uh, yeah, it's nice to be back here and hopefully have a good week. You kind of get the feeling that Cantley's almost stalking. Mm -hmm. It is a slow grind, kind of trending in the right direction. And it's just a matter of, you know, what week is he going to peak? What week is it all going to, to come together? He likes the West Coast swing. And we'll go, Adam, interesting part of the schedule. Because designated field this week at the WM, and designated again next week at Riviera, where we're getting rumors, Skelly. Mm -hmm. Lots of rumors coming out for next week. Could Tiger make his First start of the year next week at the tournament his foundation is attached to. Have to keep our eyes on that. Okay, on the other side, Adam and I, we're going to do a little over par, under par with some of the big names in the field and some of the odds at the WM Phoenix Open. Who do we like? Where's their value? Where are their players that maybe you should stay away from? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by JPSM Golf. Offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score. Good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino Scully. Adam, speaking of Tiger Woods, we mm -hmm. just kind of teased it on the other side that maybe he makes an appearance next week. He's going to be there regardless as, as the host of his of the event regarding his foundation attached to the Genesis at Riviera. Uh, do you think he plays? We're hearing, we're hearing buzz. We're hearing rumors. But, I mean, not really letting us into what's going on here. I'm so curious about this because, you know, as you and you and Bob have been to Riviera before, I personally haven't. But from what I've been, what you guys have said, it's not the hardest walk in the world except walking down the first hole and walking up the steps after the 18th hole is finished. So we'll see what the how his plantar fasciitis has uh, improved or if it has improved. I wouldn't be, if he doesn't play this week, I'm thinking players' championship for sure. And, you know, he's mentioned time and time again how he'll never play a full schedule, and we know that. But you would think to have any sort of chance to be, you know, com competitive, he's got to play some golf before the Masters, you would think, right? I, I Listen, you and I and, and Bob, we've had this conversation, it seems like, once a year for, for the last decade, it feels like. I know it's not that long, but mm -hmm. it certainly feels that way, and it's – we keep saying that in order for him to be competitive, he's got to get some rust off and yada, yada, yada. I don't think Tiger feels that way. I think yeah. you and I feel that way. I think Bob feels that way. I think the golf community feels that way. I think Tiger feels that he knows how now to just show up the Monday at Augusta and thinks he can win the green jacket. Mm -hmm. Now, I think he, at this day and age, at this age, you know, he just turned 48. He's... I think he's... Yeah. 47 or 48. I, I believe he's a 1975 baby, so I think he's 48. Um, 47, sorry. 47? Confirmed. So he's a yes. 1976 baby. Yeah. Okay. So he, I think he, I think he's tricking himself personally. I think that, that those days are over. 
where he's going to show up. And, mm-hmm. But listen, every time we've doubted Tiger, he's tricked us before. I'd love to see him play a couple tournaments. I'd like to see him make a cut. I like. I love to see him make the cut. Amazingly, Riviera. We talked about this last week. Never won on that golf course. I find that shocking. That is Hogan's Alley. That is a ball strikers golf course. It is a second shot golf course. It is the best iron players yep. in the world that typically win at Riviera. Shocking that he never won there. Okay. Let's play a little over par, under par, Adam. And I'm not going to give you softballs. I'm not laying Ooh, give me a layup okay. this time. Okay. We're taking Rom and Rory off the table because, I mean, Right now, to not like Rory Rom, I'm not saying you need to pick them. I'm not saying you need to bet on them. I'm not saying you need Rory and Rom on your fantasy team. But if you don't like Rory or Rom, every time they put the ball on the ground at this moment in time, you need your head examined. So let's take them off the table. And let's start with Scotty Scheffler, the defending champion at plus 1300. Hard not to like Scotty Scheffler, hard not to cheer for Scotty Scheffler. Has not missed a cut this season on the PGA Tour. A tie for third at Mayakoba, a tie for seventh at Century, and a tie for 11th at the American Express. Scotty Scheffler playing well, however, not threatening to win. When he comes here as a defending champion, has he shown you enough with this history on this golf course to be under par? Or are you over par? I'm I'm pretty close to be sitting directly on the fence on this, but I will take under par for that because we have to do that for this segment. Come on. But, I mean, Scotty Scheffler quietly has, like you mentioned, a very solid year so far. But what I am curious, though, about Scheffler is if and eventually when he does get in the mix on a Sunday afternoon, what kind of scar tissue, if any will there be given what happened last year at the tour championship when Rory McIlroy came from behind to win the FedEx Cup that's where I'm most curious about Scotty Scheffler and yes last season he had that stretch where he won four times in 42 days and had some other good finishes throughout the year but could never win again I'm under par on Scotty Scheffler but it's more of a curiosity sort of thing on Scotty Scheffler how about you see I'm with you I'm giving the, I'm not picking softballs here, Scully, because I know this was a tough one. It's a challenging one. Because of his recent play, like I said, he's played well. I agree with everything you said. I'm going to put him under par as well. Mm-hmm. But, like, if we were grading this, I put him, like, one under. Exactly, exactly. You know, maybe two under. I'm not, he's not 10 deep. He's not double digits under par. He's mm-hmm. one or two under. And I'm curious as well. I'm curious on, he's had these kind of backdoor finishes. Yep. You know, and those are different animals, backdoor finishes, because you don't deal with the the microscope, the spotlight that you deal with when you're actually trying to win a golf tournament and close a tournament on Sunday. And the last time we saw him in that scenario, didn't turn out too well. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we will see how it goes, but I'm with you. I got him just slightly under par. We look at it the same way. Okay. Xander Shoffley, 14 to 1 at plus 1400. Xander Shoffley, a tie for third at the American Express. Again, that was a 62, a backdoor Sunday. Okay, he's played well every time he's played, but a lot of backdoors for Xander. He backdoored a 65 on Sunday at the Zozo, a 62 at the American Express. At the Farmers, only one round in the 60s. He was one of the heavy favorites at the Farmers. He finished tie 13th. Xander Shoffley, this is a real tough one, especially, listen, if Xander Shoffley was plus 2,100, 
like a Patrick Cantley, a plus 2,800, I'm like, wow, the value here on Xander Shoffley. But at plus 1,400 at 14 to 1, only three players on the board with lower odds than Xander. In terms of where he's playing, I got him one or two under, just like Scotty Scheffler. But in terms of the value in this bet, I got it over par. Interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, for me, for Xander, I'm a little further under par, probably in the six or seven under par range. Given just the past success he's had at this golf course, he was one shot out of a playoff last year. He was T3 the year previous as well. He's never finished outside the top 17 in this tournament. So he loves playing this course. I was very high on Xander going into last season, went on to win three times. I was very high on Xander going into the Century Tournament Champions, and then he withdrew. But now it does seem like he is good to go. He's back. He's playing well. Uh, he's healthy. So I think uh, I think Xander is primed to have a good week. I think he's one of those guys too, Mark, who's motivated by these des- designated events, who wants to go out and win one of these, A, to beat a top field, and B, for the $3.6 million winning check. Uh, I don't disagree with anything you said. And again, I have him a slightly under. I don't like the value here, but yeah. I do have him slightly under in terms of over par, under par, and just on, on how I like like him in terms of the way he's playing. So I, we're both on the same side of par. I'm just not as deep as you are. I'll tell you the reason why I'm not as deep. I'm a big horses for courses guy, as you know. That, that comes into the equation quite a bit when, when I'm breaking down who I like, who I don't like. Um, I'm not so sure horses for courses means as much this week because we've never seen a field like this at the yeah. WM Phoenix Open. So players with great history and finishes at this event – doesn't mean they don't like the golf course. Obviously, they like the golf course. But they're playing against the field way stronger, dramatically stronger than they've ever seen at this event. So, I mean, if you were an eighth place against last year's field, is that a 17th place against mm. this year's field? I don't know. We have to wait four days to see that shakeout and that transpire. Let's do one more, Adam, because on the other side, we got to get to our our. Twitter poll question, and there were some really interesting results. Were there ever, yeah. Oh, my God. Split. This may, Our results in our Twitter poll question makes me believe that the golf community is going to do nothing anytime soon. Because if our Twitter poll results are a snapshot of how the world of golf is feeling on this, no one can decide on anything is really what I, I've kind of gotten from that. But before we get to that, a guy that you and Bob were high on last week that I was not high on. Mm. Justin Thomas, plus 2,100 for Justin Thomas, coming off two back-to-back T25 finishes, only two rounds in the 60s in his last eight rounds. I've got JT over par. I don't like him in this event. I don't like him right now. There's something going on. Eventually, he's going to find it, maybe at the players. We know mm-hmm. how much he's performed there. Right. But right now, at plus 2,100, the same value as Cantley, I've got him way off over par on this. Yeah, so Mark, he's one of those guys who I think, if he goes out, let's say he shoots even par, one over, two over in round one. Let's say those odds skyrocket to 30 to one, 33 to one, that sort of thing. Then I would be more on the under par scale of things for Justin Thomas. But you mentioned his past finishes. He hasn't played a lot of 
golf as well. You know, he, he hasn't had a ton of success at the Farmers Insurance Open. Did make the cut there, finished T25. He has played well at this course before at TPC Scottsdale. So, again, kind of like the other, kind of like Scotty Scheffler, I'm a little under par on him, but it's more. If he was where his odds generally are at, you know, your 13, 14, 15 to 1, I would be very over par on him. But because there is a little more value, I think there is intrigue around that 21 to 1 number for Justin Thomas. All right, so you got JT under, I got JT over. Same split as last week. I'm still not on the JT train. We're kind of leaning in the same direction with everybody else. We'll see. We're going to do TSN edge picks in the second hour. We'll see if any of these names pop up on our teams. Do you have Bob's picks as well I do. from yep. this week, yep. Adam? Yep. So we can go through those as well. That's great. We'll do that in hour two. On the other side, we're going to get to our Twitter poll question. The question was, is it time to roll the golf ball back? Yes? No? or bifurcation, just for the pros. The results split across the board. We'll talk about it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is a Scully Zacchino edition of GTC. Bob is back with Adam on Monday. Yours truly not in the chair on Monday. We got a it's a bit of a, a circus right now. Adam off to LA. I'm off to PGA Tour Live working my first event next week. So you'll hear me and see me on TSN Plus, which is kind of cool. Finally, our Canadian audience getting to engage yeah. in our coverage of uh, PGA Tour Live. So they'll see a familiar face on that. And uh, and Bob on his way back from Cabot. So we are. Ships passing in the night at the moment. Um, I find these Twitter poll results, Adam, so, so interesting. And I'm wondering if down the road we just don't do a deeper dive on this. Oh, totally. Expert, yeah, maybe put an expert panel together. It's going to be hard to do because we need to find a dead week in the schedule to do it, which is whew, the way the the way the professional golf world is working right now. That's a tough one. But John Rahm made comments last week that, he believes that rolling back the golf ball is is not the play. That building these huge, huge golf courses and making 520 yard par fours is not the play. That every time you threaten this and make fi- and make the golf course 520 yard par fours, that you're playing into the pros' hands. You're saying they're just going to chase distance further. So I guess what John's saying is it's more through setup. I guess in a way that's what I always have said as well. It's through setup. So we asked our Twitter audience. Because of John Rahm's comments, do you think it is time to roll back the golf ball? Yes, no, or only for professionals? Now, only for professionals opens up a whole other can of worms because you're saying you are for bifurcation. In other words, you are fine with the set of rules that apply to people who play recreationally and a set of rules that for people who play competitively, whether it is professional to PGA Tour level or maybe a high-level amateur level or a college sport level, yada, 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 yada. Here are the results, Skulls. 31% say yes, roll the ball back. 31% say no, do not roll the ball back. 38% say only for professionals. Adam, are you shocked at the results? 
And did you take from this immediately what I took? The golf world can't agree on anything right now when it comes to the distance debate. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, first of all, like you said, I think this is this is a topic that we should really dive deep into at some point when there is some time to actually do that. I don't really... I, I, I don't agree with the final result of only doing this for, for professionals because it just doesn't, for me anyway, it doesn't make sense for, you know, someone to be watching TV and seeing Rory McIlroy play a golf ball and then they're not able to go out and buy that same golf ball. That just doesn't make any sense to me personally. What do you think? Okay, well, time out. Time out mm -hmm. now. That doesn't mean that that isn't going to be the case, though. Yeah. Right? I'll give you an example. Because I used to be against bifurcation. I used to be against a separate set of rules for the rec recreational player, the amateur, and for the professional. And as I've gotten older, I've changed my stance. I've listened more. I've done more reading. I've heard more opinion. And my position has changed on this, that I'm okay with bifurcation rules. It doesn't mean you can't buy that golf ball that Rory's playing and choose to play by those rules. It just allows you a secondary market. I'll give you an example. If you and I were going to play in a baseball game, mm -hmm. in college baseball, they allow metal bats and graphite bats and synthetic bats at NCAA hardball. But in the professional game, those bats are outlawed. In, in Major League Baseball, you're only allowed to use wooden bats. Now, when you and I are out there playing in a baseball league or whatever it is, we're allowed to make the rules we want for ourselves. We can allow composite bats. We can allow wooden bats. It's up to us. So do you see, you see where I'm yeah. going with this? All other sports, all other sports, including hockey, three-on-three -three hockey leagues, shinny leagues, non-contact mm -hmm. leagues. There's hockey leagues across Canada at all levels playing the sport of hockey in different ways than they play it at the NHL level, three minutes or 20 minutes, stop time, full contact, yada, 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 because they want to open the sport for recreation to different people. So I've changed my stance on this. So I'm not saying that Adam and Mark, you and I would play the same game we see on tour. But we're in the top 1% of the recreational yeah. players in the country. I'm thinking more for, you know, that career 20 handicap that already can't carry the creek at 150 yards at his, at his or her local. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So are you against bifurcation still? Are you against bifurcation because you don't think that game or that product would be available to you? Or, or are you against it because you just don't want that you think golf, you look at it the way I used to look at it. The golf is special because we all play the same game. I'm more the latter, latter there because we all, we all play the same game. And, and you know, Ram went on in, in those comments talking about how, you know, golf courses, you're going to have to see a lot of, you know, 530-yard par fours and see guys built like J.J. Watt and, I, I don't know. I think that that's part of the, the cool part of golf is how it has evolved and how you do hit it a lot farther now with technology, with the golf ball, with the clubs we have now, with the fitness and uh, advancements and all that stuff. So this is it's certainly a moving target, though. It's something that I'll have to ask Bob on Monday's show, too, and, and get his opinion because, you know, he's someone who, who's covered this game for such a long time and has seen how much the, the game has evolved uh, throughout his time. I'll bring up two things here, Adam, before we go to break and, and close on this. Uh, in recent news, as, as recent as yesterday, on the heels of this comments and on the heels of our Twitter poll contest, or excuse me, uh, question, 
Tiger Woods announced that his uh, design firm is building a golf course in Utah, and it will tip out over 8,000 yards. Yeah. So to, John's, to John Robb's point, he's building an, a golf course over 8,000 yards. As you know, I've played our friends in French Lick, the die course, that course is over 8,100 yards. So the future of golf is already showing us that they're building golf courses over 8,000 yards. And we're probably within a couple of years, and I said this two years ago to you, we're probably a couple of years away from us having a major championship over 8,000 yards. Mm-hmm. Okay, so totally. I mean, we're going. The other part of this is, if we were to scale back the golf ball, and if we were going to dial it back, we dial it back across the board. Well, guess what that means? The distance advantage hasn't changed. The longest players in the world are still the longest players in the world. So if you're Rory McIlroy and you fly the golf ball 330, and the average guy on the PGA Tour flies the golf ball 290, and there's a 40-yard dis, you know, uh, difference between the way you fly it and the way the, the, the average guy flies it, mm-hmm. and you dial the golf back, the golf ball back 10%, and now you're flying the golf ball 310, okay? Well, what happened to the guy at 290? Exactly. He ain't flying at 290 anymore. The guy flying at 290 is now flying at 260, 270. That, dis- that, 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 that separation, that gap hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. You haven't taken the advantage away okay, from right. the Rory's of the world. I mean, this is, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's the same thing, too, you know, if a guy hits... Uh, or someone hits a seven iron, 180 yards. Now it's going to go what 165. But it's still if that person hits a se- if, if another player hits seven iron 170, that's going to go 155. So it's all sort of yeah. There's so much wiggle room. It's all relative. Exactly. The advantage is still the advantage. Yeah. The better athletes, the stronger players, the higher club head speeds will still o- always have the advantage. You're mm-hmm. not going to take that away. Nor mm-hmm. should you. It's okay. Yep. It's okay. It's part of the game. Survival of the fittest. Yep. You know. All right, well, there's way more of a can of worms to open up here and take a deeper dive. We will try to do that at some point throughout the season, and we'll, we'll stay on top of this because there's going to be more news and information about this. Never mind the fact we are about just inside 60 days to Augusta National, and they've taken back the tee on 13. Yeah. So we're going to see this. We are going to see this uh, conversation and this argument um, on, the, on the biggest broadcast of the year in under 60 days' time mm-hmm. of them trying to protect the integrity of a golf hole, yada, yada, yada. On the other side, Will Bateman, uh, Canadian uh, tour player on the Corn Ferry Tour. He was on the show multiple times last year when he won uh, PGA Tour Canada. He got the graduation to the Corn Ferry Tour, and he is playing quite well. Adam had a chance to catch up with him. We'll do it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. 
Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, hour two. I mean, some weeks it feels, once we get into conversation, some weeks it feels like we need four or five hours <laughs> to cover what we want to get into. I mean, this distance debate is not going to go away. And like I mentioned to Adam in the previous segment, when we get to Augusta National and we see that tee pulled back on the 13th hole, depending on conditions too, when we get to Augusta, we'll see, you know, do you like the hole longer? You know, are they protecting par? Are they taking the excitement out of the hole? Does the ball need to be rolled back? I'm sure Jack Nicholas will be interviewed that week. He'll get comments on it. He's been uh, the face of the movement, really, to, to roll the golf ball back. Jack's been so open about peeling it back and how he thinks they need to do it. I'm more the, hey, let's change it during setup. And a lot of you who hit us up on social media kind of agreed with me and said, listen, just grow the rough, bring in the fairways, tuck the pins, you can protect par, we've seen you do it, you don't need 7,800, you don't need 8,000. 7,000 yards with a smart setup that makes the, the golf pro kind of play the hole from green to tee, keeps par in check, protects the hole, protects 72, protects 70, whatever it is. That's the other thing, too. Some of you also mentioned get away from par 72. Week in, week out on the PGA Tour, we see a lot of par 72 golf course. And a lot of this is fi- people fixated with the score. I get tweeted a lot. We get tweeted a lot on Golf Talk Canada that you're sick and tired of 20 under, 24 under, 26 under. So you're fixated on that number for some reason or other. I'm not sure why, but you are. Well, part of the solution here is stop playing par 72. Each week on the PGA Tour is very, very, very easy to do what the USGA does on an annual basis. Find two par fives on a golf course where the members play them as par fives and play them as par fours. Play them as 520-yard par fours. Move a tee deck up if you have to. And turn it into a par 70 and all of a sudden that 21 under is now 11 under or 12 under or 13 under. You know, solution right there. Uh, But week in, week out on the PGA Tour, we still play a lot of par 72 golf courses. Anyway, this is a huge can of worms and a much deeper conversation. And we will try to pick it up later on in the season. Uh, In hour two, we've got to take a look at Canadians this week on the PGA Tour because we have... Six of them in the field at the WM Phoenix Open. Six Canadians playing this week. And this is not, again, this is a designated event. This is the strongest field we have seen all season on the PGA Tour. And outside of the Players' Championship and the Majors, this will be one of the strongest fields you will see all year alongside the Genesis, the Arnold Palmer, and these designated events. So to have six Canadians in the field says not only a great deal about the quality of our players on the PGA Tour, but how far our program has come to get six of these players in the field at the WM. Well done to Golf Canada. Well done to uh, Team Canada. And we'll, uh, we'll take a look at them coming up in the next segment. Adam, young Adam, had, been, had an opportunity to speak with Will Bateman. Will Bateman was on Golf Talk Canada a few times last year because... He had such a successful season uh, as a winner on PGA Tour Canada. He got the promotion to the Corn Ferry Tour. So this year, making the jump to the Corn Ferry, and he's already playing well with multiple top five finishes, taking the momentum from PGA Tour Canada and bringing it with him 
to the Corn Ferry Tour, Adam had an opportunity to go one-on-one -on -one with Will Bateman. Okay, reigning Fortinet Cup champion and PGA Tour Canada Player of the Year, Will Bateman now joins us. Will, welcome back to GTC. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay, so three Corn Ferry Tour starts so far, two T4 finishes already. How about that start? What have been some of the major reasons for your early success? Uh, yeah, I think just, uh, you know, my mental game has been pretty strong this year. Um, for the most part so far, you know, obviously there was a missed cut in between there, which you didn't, didn't mention, but, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I definitely feel like I'm pretty comfortable out here, um, for, you know, being pretty early in the season. I think that, uh, playing well last summer helped a ton and, and, uh, yeah, continue it to continue to play well. So this past week, one shot out of a playoff bogey on your last hole. Did you know where you stood on the 72nd hole and what you need to do? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of glanced over at the board on 17 and saw the leaders were at three and, and I saw that Pearson was up there and, and I knew that he played, uh, I think like an hour before us. So so I kind of knew that he already posted three. Um, but, you know, it wasn't really in my mind on 18 and I hit the same shot I hit all week on that hole and, and uh, just this time it clipped the tree and the trees are pretty tall there and it just knocked it down and and I had no shot to that back right pin from 200 yards. So, um, yeah, you know, it, you can look at it like, you know, you came up one shot short and you bogeyed 18. But, you know, the way I look at it is I, I played great last week and and there was so much good stuff in there. And and I made a couple really nice putts on the back nine to even put myself in that position. And uh, I know that I'm going to be better off from it. I think that uh, it's going to be that much sweeter when uh, I have another chance and 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 I get it done. So. Man, that's that's the total right, you know, mindset to have, you know, to think of it from a positive side of things versus, hey, instead of bogeying the last hole, I, I played really well down the stretch. For those listening to this who, you know, maybe are just a casual weekend warrior or play two or three times a week when the season is there. Tell us, about like, what kind of emotions are you feeling? Like, how nervous are you coming down the stretch on the back nine with so much on the line? Yeah, um, to be honest, uh, like I said, I've been I've been relatively comfortable um, out there this year. I think that uh, you know being in being in contention in, in the Bahamas in the first event, I was definitely a whole lot more nervous than I was uh, this week. You know, coming down the back nine, I think putting myself there is definitely making me more comfortable. But you know, in the Bahamas, for example, um, you know, I was just I was just nervous the whole day. I mean, pretty much, and and. Uh, you know, obviously I played great that day. I, um, I shot 67, no bogeys, and, and uh, it was just a really, really good day. Um, but, yeah, you know, I feel like for me just, you know, focusing on my breathing and, and just staying present and, and in the moment and, and not really making it as, as you know, as big of a deal as, as it is, is has really helped me. And, and also not really focusing on the outcome for me. I think it's more of, um, you know, I'm just trying to hit every shot as best I can and, uh you know, whatever happens from there will happen. Okay, so this week on the Corn Ferry Tour, you're currently in Colombia. How's prep going for the tournament this week? Yeah, it's awesome. I uh, I, I actually, I, I came here and walked inside the gates, and, I, and it really reminded me of Victoria, uh, British Columbia, at Uplands there. Um, the greens, greens are the same. They're POA, and uh, they're really quick POA. Um, and, you know, Victoria is one of the purest greens you ever putt on. Cause the climate's so good there. And in Bogota here, we're at 8,000 feet. 
So it's kind of perfect conditions for growing POA. So I, I really, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of the similar vibes to, to, to that course. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the venue's a treat and they're setting this place up uh, firm and fast and looking forward to a great week. Wow, that's pretty cool, the comparison right there. Now, this week, they're also playing at a couple of courses. So how's what's that like for you preparing to play two different courses for one tournament? Yeah, a little different uh, for me. Um, I, I did play the BMW uh, Corn Ferry event back in, I think it was 2016, which was three courses. So a little different prep. You obviously, you know, you want to see both courses. Um, so I played 18 today. I decided to take yesterday off, just uh, pretty tired, you know, from last week. Um, but yeah, so I played 18 today and then, um, I'm playing a program tomorrow morning at seven. It's 18 hole program. So I'll get to see the, the other course. Um, but yeah, I mean, the prep prep kind of is this, is the same. I think it's just, you know, obviously less golf on, on, uh, on both courses, but you know, the course is great. It's pretty much right in front of you. Um, there's one short course, they call it and one long course. Um, but when you're at 8,000 feet, man, it, it's just, I mean, you're hitting seven irons, 200 yards. So, um, it's going to be, uh, be a lot of fun. So playing at 8,000 feet, like what kind of prep are you doing on the driving range? Like, do you have a track man out? Do you have any sort of device to say, you know what, I'm, I'm carrying each iron, you know, X yards farther, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I did bring my track man this week, but, uh, I thought that my caddy and I did a lot of really good prep um, today. Just uh, so my rangefinder has um, altitude built oh. into it. Yeah. So basically, we were just shooting numbers and then getting the raw numbers, which is basically back like in you know sea level, basically numbers. Mm -hmm. um, but we kind of figured it out to be it's it's, it's around ten percent in the morning, and then as it heats up, it kind of gets to twelve percent. And a lot of the numbers, honestly, on the on the uh, the raw numbers at sea level is working out really well for me today. So I don't think I'm going to the, the range is super short this week. It's like 220 yards, I think, is the max. So, I mean, you can't really hit much other than like a, you know, probably max hit like five or four irons out there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I felt like we did some good prep there. And, uh, yeah, greens are good, too. So. There you go. We're with Will Bateman, who already has two top four finishes on the Corn Ferry Tour so far this season. Now, given those finishes, have you already adjusted your goals for the remainder of the season? Uh, no, I think that, you know, my goals are the same. I I, um, I set all my goals like way prior to uh, coming out here and playing and and, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to change. I, you know, I'm still going to stay in the present and I'm still going to do my best on every shot and not going to get ahead of myself. I know that there's lots of golf to play. I mean, obviously I got off to an amazing start, which is, it's great to be ahead of the eight ball. Um, there's no doubt about that, but you know, like I said, there's, uh, there's another, I think I'm playing another 22 events out here. So it's, it's, uh, it's a long season. So you just gotta, you know, I'm just going to stay patient and, uh, focus on what I can control and, uh, let the chips fall. There you go. It's a really good mentality to have. Now, obviously, last year on Golf Talk Canada, we had you on after you won your tournaments. You won the PGA Tour Canada Player of the Year. But after that season wrapped up, you had a long off season. So how did you prepare and take all that time off and train yourself and get ready for this Corn Ferry Tour season? Uh, yeah. So, you know, the first, first month or so there, I, I, I just hung out, you know, I, uh, I definitely golfed with my friends and, and I was definitely working on my game here and there, but, uh, you know, I, I went out a little bit and, and had some fun and, and kind of soaked in the summer and, and stuff like that. And then, um, really started practicing hard kind of 
first week of December there, about a month, um, month leading up to, uh, Bahamas. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, just, I played a lot of golf, so I, I really like to play these days, um, kind of less practice and, you know, less wear and tear on the body. Um, so I played a lot of golf with my buddies, um, uh, in Scottsdale there. And, and then I played two prep events as well. Um, which were just, they're just mini tour events in Scottsdale. Uh, it's called the Asher tour. Um, so I played a couple of those just to get some reps under my belt, um, leading up to this year. But, um, yeah, you know, obviously I, I went to the Bahamas with no expectation, you know, obviously, um, I love to play. So it was a really, really, um, substantial break for me. I don't usually, you know, I usually play tournaments, you know, every month, every, you know, every couple of weeks. And to, to have that big break was, you know, it was a little tough. I, I went to the Bahamas and I was kind of like, you know, let's just feel it out and just kind of treat it as a kind of a preseason, you know, just feel it out. And then obviously, you know, played great. So that was nice. Yeah. Was it ever. And, you know, part of having so much time off and having time to reassess obviously is, you know, whether you're making changes to your swing, making changes to your body and, and this day and age fitness and golf is obviously so crucial. How important is, was fitness during your off season? And is it, is it now on a weekly basis, whether you're continuing to strengthen or maintain what you currently have? Yeah, um, I owe a lot to uh, to Greg McLean at uh, Premier Fitness Systems. He um, so I met him in in 2019. I I, I kind of was injured there um, for a good couple of years from 2017 to 2019. Um, just just some back issues and and uh, you know I'd go play golf and I'd be in pain. Yeah, kind of after the round. But uh, meeting him was big just because uh, he's strengthened some things in my body and he's also got me a whole lot more mobile. Um, which has been great. And then, you know, we, he's, he's definitely set up uh, a really good program for me um, prior to all my rounds. Uh, so I do the same thing basically to warm up um, every round, um, which, which has been great. Um, I never used to do that kind of as a kid, you know, as a kid, you go out there and go hit some balls and you're ready to go type of thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. So, um, so that was good. And then uh, yeah, on the road, uh, something that's changed the last little bit is just uh, yoga. Um, I've been doing kind of, I've been kind of doing a bunch of yoga lately. Um, and throughout the weeks, I'm kind of doing more yoga and, and, uh, just some prep just to, um, yeah, you know, just keep the body mobile and, and a little bit more, I'm a little more flexible in my hips, um, as well. Um, I'm doing a lot of, a lot of hip stuff, um, with the, with the yoga I'm doing. So I think that that's helping me out too. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, the, obviously the, the physical strain of what you're doing is so, important but you mentioned this earlier the mental side of things you're breathing i understand you do have a mental coach tell us about your relationship with dr deborah graham and how you guys connected and how vital that has been for you yeah um i mean i can't uh you know thank her enough for for everything that she's done for me i, I feel like you know i i met her as well as kind of around the same time I met greg in 2019 and and we've done a lot of work, um, uh, mentally, the, you know, the last like two, three years. And then, you know, I, I lean on her during tournaments, um, in between tournaments before tournaments, um, all the time. And it's, it's been, uh, really nice that she's readily available kind of, you know, whenever I need to talk, she's, she's good to talk for, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And yeah, I think that it was just kind of about finding, you know, what, what works best for me. Um, cause I, I know, you know, before, before I met her, I used to take thousands of swing videos of myself. I used to, you know, just a lot of different things that, that I used to do that I don't really do anymore. Um, and I'm more of a, you know, I feel like I'm more of like a 
kind of an artist in a sense of like, I really like to hit golf shots over like over, over not, you know, over analyzing kind of my golf swing. I don't know if that makes sense. And she's, yeah. she's really helped me there. And uh, like I said, I mean, I think she's been the, the the massive difference for me. So you mentioned it earlier, you know, being positive, thinking, you know, I, I putted really well on the back nine versus bogeying the last hole to finish T4. Is that what she's sort of working on with you in terms of the power of positive thinking or is it breathing or is it a combination of everything that I just said? Yeah, I think, I think it's everything. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of choose to live my life in a, in a positive kind of mindset. Um, you know, I'm out here playing golf for a living and, and competing on, you know, one of the best tours in the world, arguably, arguably the second best, second or third best tour yeah. in the world um, against some really good players. And, you know, I'm just grateful to be out here. And, and I feel like that helps too. Um, you know, there was times where I really didn't, you know, like to travel, didn't really love being on the road. And, you know, even coming here down here this week, I'm, I'm like, I love being on the road, you know, um, and I, I really do enjoy the um, the competitiveness of, of this tour and, you know, anywhere, anywhere you play. It's just it kind of, this is what I love to do. So I think it's uh, that's it's been it's been huge, too. A couple of quick ones, quick ones before we let you go. You mentioned traveling there. You know, you're in Colombia right now. So are you, you know, slowly but surely getting into a routine of, you know, you go get your practice round in and get your yoga and your stretch, whatever, and then sort of figure out the rest of your day to get more comfortable because you are traveling. I would assume you're alone or do you have people traveling with you as well? Uh, yeah, well, the first uh, couple of weeks I was traveling with my buddy, Jeremy Paul and uh, Pat Flavin. Yeah. Uh, which has been good. We, we're uh, really good friends in Scottsdale. So it's nice to have buddies on the road. And then uh, for these two events, uh, those guys were traveling together. So my mom ended up coming down Nice um, for these two and and she likes to travel. And um, yeah, it's just been nice to, you know, just to have someone there, especially when you're in these South American countries, it's uh, it's good to have someone there. So. Yeah, a feeling of comfort there, especially having mom there. That That's awesome, man. Okay, last one before you let you go. Obviously, I mentioned earlier, we had you on a couple times last year when you won on PGA Tour Canada, PGA Tour Canada Player of the Year. Given everything that happened last year, how thankful are you for PGA Tour Canada and your time you spent on that tour? Yeah, I really feel like, you know, I played a lot of events on that tour and it really helped me uh, learn how to travel and, and really be on the road. And, and you know, those are world-class events as well. And and I feel like they did such a good job this year with uh, um, lots of different courses and a lot of different challenges out there. And and then, you know, obviously getting to the Tour Championship, that really felt like a really, really good tour event. Um, they set it up, up super well and, and, you know, crowds came out and, the course was set up really hard and, and yeah, I just feel like, you know, I'm very grateful for all those guys that, uh, that have helped out to, to make that tour what it is today. And, and um, yeah, I owe, owe a lot to them to, to be here today. Well, well, it's been a great start to your corn fairy tour uh, career. Thanks for your time today. And we'll have to have you on later this year, not if you win, but when you win, thanks for your time. Thanks so much, Adam. Great stuff there by Adam and Will Bateman. We'll have to keep our eye on Will. And I'm with Adam. I think it's just a matter of time before he finds a winner's circle again. It amazes me at every level the size of the team now. You know, you're, you've got yoga, yoga instructor. You've got sports psychologist. You've got this, you got that. But, you know, strength of the team, putting the pieces in place to get it to the next level. We'll keep our eye on Will. On the other side, we've got six Canadians in the field of the WM Phoenix Open. Also, the hearings are going on this week between the DP World Tour 
And the Live Golf Series and two players have been called on behalf of Live to testify in these hearings. We'll jump into that on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Scully. Scully's, we're running super late. Corey <laughs> Connors, one of six players in the field in terms of Team Canada mm-hmm. at the WM Phoenix Open. He's the lowest odds on the board at plus 7,500. Last week, uh, Taylor Penner, great Sunday, 64. So he comes in with the top 10. Adam Svensson, already a winner this season. Nick Taylor, almost another top 20 last week, a T21. Mackenzie Hughes, a winner this season. Adam Hadwin playing well again. I mean, Team Canada in a good shape. All six of them. If you have to give me one Canadian who you think has the best chance to win this week, who are you going? I mean, we haven't seen Mackenzie Hughes in quite in a little bit, but I'm going with Mac Hughes. He's won already this season on the PGA Tour back in the fall portion of the schedule. He's another guy who's who's very motivated, I think, and we saw that uh, from his victory in the fall. He's still doing that speed training. I know that was a hot topic in hour one and will continue to be, but I I think Mac is primed for a good week, and you mentioned the odds there, too, and we're seeing some scary long odds for Mackenzie Hughes, 230 to one, and he's won this season on the PGA Tour. He's in the top 10 in the FedEx Cup standings. 230 to one to win for a top 10, uh, 16 to one, and for a top 27 to one. There's some value there. So I don't hate any of those for Mac Hughes of the Canadians. I like Mackenzie Hughes this week. Who do you like? Well, it's interesting. I, you know, plus, plus uh, 7,500 for Corey Connors, uh, uh, plus. What is that? They're plus twelve thousand for Adam Hadwin. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are your two lowest Canadians, and they're the ones, that, to your point, that have, haven't won this season on the PGA Tour. I wonder if a lot has to do with this as being a ball strikers golf course, which we'll get into on the other side in our TSN TSN Edge picks. Because if you believe the stats that this tournament has generated since 2010, then statistically speaking, on just who sets up for this type of course in Team Canada? Corey Connors at plus 7,500 makes yeah. a lot of sense. We'll get more into that on the other side. Before we go to break, Adam, Patrick Reed and Lee Westwood being called to the hearings to testify on behalf of Liv. I don't know what they're going to say. I mean, I find this entire thing so confusing, these hearings. Um, the rules were in place before they went to Liv. You made your choice. You went... I, I don't understand what's going I really don't understand what's going on here. But the more I read about European uh, law and when it comes to the workplace and in and individual contractors, independent contractors, the more I start to think that the DP World Tour is going to lose this uh, hearing. But it ends up being Westwood and Reed as the poster children for this in Europe. That's that's just fascinating to think of those two. And Westwood has been very vocal, especially last year, talking about Liv and how people should be, you know, not 
talking poorly about them and at the Open Championship he had he was in the mix there very briefly but anyway it's uh, that's just bizarre to think of really no, you know and it just continues to go and again just you made your choice you knew what the rules were I, I don't get it it's not, the rules were not changed after you left mm-hmm. the rule this this is not reactionary maybe a lot of the reinforcement of it and there have been some reactionary things but you knew when you took the bag of dough, what you were giving up exactly. when you took the bag of dough. Life has consequences. Yeah. That's it. It's not perfect. People have choice. I'm all for choice. I'm all for freedom of choice. I'm all for the individual taking responsibility for their choices as well. Full stop. End the story. On the other side, TSN Edge, where are we going? We'll start with Bob's picks. And then Adam and I will go back and forth, up and down the ladder on who we like and why. And I will tell you right now, I will apologize in advance to our listening audience. I have taken the most low-hanging fruit in the history of TSN Edge Picks, but there's a reason for it. We'll do it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Well, over the last few weeks, you've heard a lot of whining. (laughs) about how hard it is to handicap uh, weak fields. (laughs) That argument is done this week. The Waste Management Phoenix Open. It is the best field outside of a major, a players, and a WGC in over a decade on the PGA Tour. We've got some of the best players in the world coming into this event, all playing well at the same time. TSN Edge, your home for all your fantasy needs in the world of golf, including the PGA Tour. We do it each week. Adam, let's jump into our TSN Edge picks. Let's start with Bob. Mm -hmm. Bob, uh, not with us this week. He gave you his picks in advance. Where did Bob go and why? Yeah, so Bob, uh, so we should say we all have three victories so far this season, but someone of the three of us is at 400 under par, and someone's leading. That is you, my my friend. You are <laughs> leading. You are the champ right now, the reigning champion as well. Okay, so as for Bob. Back-to-back years, I should say. Not, not, not a big deal. Not that anyone's paying. Going yet. for the three-peat. Yeah. Going, if I go for the three-peat, i got to give send Pat Riley a check. Oh. He owns that. <laughs> Anyways, okay, Bob this week, his first pick is Xander Shoffley, 14-1 to uh, for Xander Shoffley. We mentioned it in segment one, the guy's playing some good golf coming in. He seems healthy. He's played well at this course before. His first pick is Xander Shoffley. His second pick is Hideki Matsuyama at 29-1. to This is a guy who has won twice at this golf course before, so... You always say horses for courses. This guy has that and then some. And his value play, it's it's a good it's a good one too. Another guy who's, you know, in that group of players looking for that first PGA Tour victory, and he played well here last year too. One shot out of the playoff. That's Sahith Tigala at forty-five to one. 
I love Thigala as a value play this week. Unfortunately, we only get three picks, but you know, if we were assembling a team of who you like to win and where you like the value, if we were just doing a value play across the board and you gave me three value play picks, I think I'd have a hard time keeping Thigala off Mm -hmm. the team this week. I love the horses for courses play with Hideki Matsuyama, although again this week, going to be interesting to see how much the horses for courses comes back now that this field is as strong or stronger than we've ever seen in the history of this event. In fact, I'll go on record. It is hands down the strongest field top to bottom we have ever seen at the WM mm-hmm. Phoenix Open. I have no value this week at all, Adam. I have zero value on my team. I went with the lowest hanging fruit of all time. Let's go back and forth. You and I here, I'll start with uh, my first pick, and I'm going John Rom. He played college golf in the desert. He knows this golf course very well. Rom has four wins in his last eight starts worldwide. He has top tens across the board. And there's a stat that I bumped into this week. Justin Ray, if you don't follow uh, him on, on Twitter, you should. And I would have never guessed this, Adam. When you think of desert golf, you think very much of what John Rom was complaining about a couple of weeks ago with the American Express. He's complaining about a putting contest. Mm-hmm. And how it almost eliminates ball striking. That it just becomes a putting contest and that the ball strikers, the cream doesn't, don't, doesn't necessarily rise to the top. Well, he rose to the top and he won that event. And he won that event putting poorly on a Sunday. Well, this event in the desert, very different. Since 2010, the winners in this golf tournament at the WM, since 2010 in the last 12 championships... 65% of their strokes gained to the field have come in ball striking categories. So this is not a putting contest. This is not an up and down contest. This is a tee to green ball striking contest. Currently, John Rahm second on the PGA Tour in strokes gained, tee to green, four wins and eight starts. How do you not go with the favorite John Rahm? Adam, who do you like? Well, before I give you my first pick, you got to think too that, you know, even though he's won two of his last three starts, He's he's motivated. He's mad that he didn't win at the Farmers Insurance Open. And he was even speaking at his pre-tournament press conference yesterday how he his his whole family was a little under the weather that week and including himself and he's had a bit of a cold. So it seems like he's back, like you said, in hour one. He's been uh, at the golf course for quite some time now preparing. You know he wants to go and be there on Sunday afternoon. You know he wants to get another win and, and stay motivated That's that way. So And plus, like you said, too, he's sleeping in his own bed this week, which for a PGA Tour player, that is absolutely huge. Uh, on any week, you can do that. So John Rahm, obviously a great pick. Okay. I am with Bob here with my first pick. That's Xander Shoffley. I, I think that 14 to 1 number is pretty good. You know, it might be a case of whether you wait in, into the first round if someone goes off and, and shoots a low number, perhaps you can get him closer to 16, 18 to 1, that sort of thing. But the T3 at the American Express, yes, it was a sort of a backdoor T3 with the Albatross during Sunday's final round. The T13, the Farmers Insurance Open, he's playing great golf. T3 the last two times at this tournament. Xander Shoffley, my first pick. Who's your second pick? My second pick, I'm sorry, I said it, (laughs) low-hanging fruit, Rory McIlroy. And it's for a few reasons. Again, I'm leading hard on the strokes gain T to green. He's won three times in his last eight starts, a bunch of large bucket of top tens. This is an interesting number here. You know, Rory McIlroy, since April of last year, has more wins than he does finishes outside the top ten. I want you to think about it. He has more victories 
then finishes outside the top 10. He does not chart in strokes gained tee to green because he hasn't played enough on the PGA Tour this season. But his one start on the PGA Tour was the CJ Cup, which he won, and which he was more than three shots better than the field that week in strokes gained tee to green. If he had one more start under his belt, he'd be sitting probably number one on this list above John Rahm. And my third pick, which we won't get to yet, you got to love Rory. I also think, Adam, he will thrive in the environment. Look at Rory when he plays to the crowd. Look at Rory Sunday at Augusta. He was feeding off the energy, feeding off the Rory chants, playing to the crowd, fist pumps, fingers in the air. If he lets it go and plays with the 200,000 in attendance this week, could be a fun week for Rory. It could be a really fun week. And yeah, you mentioned those Ryder Cups in the past. Of course, him and Patrick Reed have had more recent controversy. But you think 2016 Ryder Cup, that front nine of that Sunday singles match, is some of the most electric golf you will ever see flat out, period. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Rory and how he reacts to the ruckus occasion of fans this week. Okay, my second pick. I'm going Tony Finau. So he's a little further down at 18 to 1. And I really like this number for Tony Finau. Very consistent so far on the PGA Tour this season. Has a win, had a couple of victories last summer as well. But the biggest reason I like him, and I know it's it's a small sample size, last season, despite playing very well down the stretch, he was still 85th in strokes gained putting. This season so far, he's seventh in that category. So I like him putting better on the greens. He's played well here as well before his best finish, losing in a playoff in 2020 to one Webb Simpson. So Tony Finau, my second pick. Let's hear your third pick. My final pick is the closest thing we get to value at 16 to one. So he's just underneath uh, Tony Finau, and he happens to be third in strokes gained tee to green this season on the PGA Tour. So you can see where I'm going here. Rory, mm-hmm. who I think is leading that category, just not charting yet. John Rahm, second. And number three, I just went with the top three strokes gained and a player trending in the correct direction minus one round of golf. Call him Morikawa. Morikawa's got his fade back. Look at his, uh, his last five starts on the PGA Tour, which are all this season. T45, T29, T15, second, third. You see the trend here, the ladder. Now, what stands out at me? The Scheffler argument. Yep. He finished second at the century. He gagged one of the largest leads we've seen in the PGA Tour in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Will there be scar tissue for Colin Morikawa? Or do you buy into the fact that Morikawa is angry about this and coming into this the way Rom is angry about his Sunday at the Farmers and has something to prove? I'm more the Morikawa has something to prove. He's a two-time major champion. His mind's built differently. He wants to close out a Sunday. And against this field in this tournament, it would mean something. A few weeks in front, in front of a players and a few weeks in front of Augusta. I like Morikawa as my final pick. Adam, who, where are you going? Yeah, and before I give you my pick, you think, too, that the changes he has made, specifically with his short game, too, are maybe taking more into fruition, probably a little more comfortable now uh, because he was faltering down the stretch, like you obviously mentioned, that Sunday of the Century Tournament of Champions. So you think maybe a little more comfortable now down the stretch. I'm more curious to see... You know, if he does have a lead on Sunday, where does he go from here? That could be, lead to a very different conversation come Monday on GTC. Okay, my third pick, Sung J M. This is a guy who plays it seemingly every week. Didn't play last week, but was a T four at the Farmers Insurance Open. He's played well here as well, a T seven back in 2019 at this tournament. 
13th in strokes gained total so far this season. Four finishes of T18 or better. Sung JM, 27 to 1. Hard not to like him. I, I, here's the thing. If you don't know who to pick every week, and you've got to pick one or two players to fill your gap, one last pick, and you don't know who to pick, the go-to this year on the PGA Tour is Sun JM or Tom Kim. Yeah. You just pick one of those two guys each week. You are bound to do well if you have no clue where else to go. To me, they are the safety net picks and smart safety net picks, to your point. They play a lot. They play well each week. They don't need familiarity with a venue, i.e. Tom Kim. Sun JM seems to play well everywhere he goes. I like the pick, Adam. We'll find out Monday if we were able to add a fourth win to the GTC team and where things shake out at the WM. And of course, you can watch the WM Phoenix Open on TSN. And TSN Plus, now you're home for PGA Tour live coverage. On the other side, we'll get you caught up on where tours are this week in the world of golf. We'll put a bow on it. This is GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Let's take a quick peek around the world of golf to see where tours are landing in this first week of Feb. Brought to you by Bushnell Golf, bushnellgolf.com, your leader in rangefinder technology. Visit bushnellgolf.com, the DP World Tour. They're in Singapore for the Singapore Classic. There are some recognizable names in the field. Keep in mind with the designated event happening on the PGA Tour, a lot of the big European Tour stars or European stars in general are obviously playing this week on the PGA Tour. But a few names recognizable. Uh, Eddie Pepperell in the field here. I'm, I'm scrolling down here to find uh, Rafa Cabrera Bayo in the field, Nicholas Colsart's in the field. So a few recognizable names playing in Singapore for the Singapore Classic. You heard the interview earlier in the show, Will Bateman alongside Adam Scully, the Corn Ferry Tour. That's because Will Bateman getting ready to play in Colombia, the Estera Golf Championship presented by MasterCard. They're at the Country Club de Bogota in Colombia, so we'll keep our eye on the Corn Ferry Tour. Maybe a Canadian win coming soon on the Corn Ferry Tour. And six Canadians in the field. The WM Phoenix Open, it all starts tomorrow. It is the strongest event of the year so far on the PGA Tour. All the big names should be a spectacular week. Adam, going to be hyped up. Mm-hmm. You've got the Coliseum Hole, which is the craziest hole in golf, surrounded by you know 20,000, people surrounding one hole. They've enclosed more grandstands around 17 in recent years, the drivable par 4. The 16, the risk-reward par 5. Of course, 18 is always ruckus. You've got the Super Bowl in town, the Eagles against the Chiefs. It could be the craziest four days of the year on the PGA Tour. It has come that time in the show. We asked you your predictions at the Phoenix Open. 
I need a Super Bowl prediction. I have no horse left in the race. My yeah. heart was broken last week, or two weeks ago, I should say, when a bad call went against the Niners in the first drive of the game. Uh, seven points that should have never gone up on a drop fourth and six. And then the next series, Purdy's gone for the entire game. The game was over. The one thing I should say is this. Maybe the Eagles looked a lot better than what they did. You know, they, they, the Niners with no quarterback and their defense on the field for an entire half, an exhausted defense, kept that game 7-7 seven for, seven, seven for way longer than they should. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the Eagles did not take control of that game into well into the third quarter. That game should have been over in the second quarter. It never happened. So are the Eagles as good as we think they are? Is Mahomes healthy enough? to do what Mahomes should do, where are you going with the Super Bowl? Yeah, I, you know, the Eagles' schedule hasn't been all that strong. It's been pretty weak throughout the year. And, yes, they've had this great record, but have they really been that impressive given the schedule? I mean, not so much, in my opinion, anyway. And you, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes. The extra time to rest that high ankle sprain. I can't imagine what it's how painful that is running around, but you tape it up, you do whatever you have to do. You're still moving around okay two weeks ago. You know, it took that late hit uh, against the Bengals, which of course led to their victory, the, the winning field goal. And, you know, it seems like Travis Kelsey, he had that those back spasms before the game, but he was totally fine too. So I like the Chiefs. How about you, Mark? I'm with you. I'm going Chiefs as well, and I'm going for the same reasons. No disrespect to the Philadelphia Eagles. They were the number one seed in the NFC for pretty much the majority of the year because they were undefeated for so long. Mm -hmm. I think the schedule was pretty soft, which is weird playing in that division. Now, I know they lost to the Cowboys, but I know they were really injured late in the season when they lost to the Cowboys at, at home. We saw the Cowboys' true colors when they went into San Fran to play a healthy San Fran. I think this all comes down to the health of Patrick Mahomes. If Mahomes is feeling remotely close to healthy or better than he did last week and the two weeks have helped him, I think the Chiefs win. I think it's going to be high scoring at him, and I think it's going to be a close game. I agree. But uh, I'm, I'm pulling for Mahomes. I think when healthy, he's the best player in football, so we're both on the Chiefs. Enjoy the Super Bowl, Adam. Enjoy your week. Thank you. Uh, I'll talk to you guys next week from the road. Mm -hmm. You and Bob in this chair for Monday. Yep. Uh, TSN, your home for all golf, including the Phoenix Open. We got TSN with the regular broadcast. PGA Tour Live now on TSN+. Adam, you have a great week. We'll talk to you Monday. We're back Monday, uh, Monday and Wednesday next week. Remember, first good decision in the golf course, it always starts in the closet. Thank you so much for listening. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.